Maybe big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market. And we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Lauren Salata, Chief Marketing Officer at Rico North America, chats with us about how taking ownership of knowledge and experience with technology can disrupt the world of marketing. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I, of course, am your host, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products and Partnerships here at Starista. It is great talking to you. Our listeners, thank you so much for listening and thank you so much. It's over these these months and the summer, we're going to conferences. I was just at a conference called Battlefin at the Intrepid and guess what? People were saying, I listen to your podcast. I love your podcast. Well, I love you, sir. I love you, ma'am. Thank you for saying that to me. It's a cool feeling. It's a new feeling. Not many people are coming up to me and saying, you know, or recognizing us. So that's nice. We really do appreciate it. It's all because of the listeners. If you're your first time joining, we are the Marketing Stir, brought to you by Starista. Let's talk about who Starista is just for a moment. That's all. We just talk about ourselves for 10 to 15 seconds. It's a short elevator ride. Starista, we are a marketing technology company. We own our own business-to-business data, business-to-consumer data. We also own the technology to help push to that data, to help companies get new customers. Email, display, OTT, connected TV. We own our own DSP. That's a lot of acronyms I just hit you with, more than I've ever used in my life. But email me, vincent at starista.com. That is how confident I am. I just gave all of you my email address. The other thing I'm confident in is this man's tennis game and his leadership skills. My CEO, my uh, the co-founder, my co-host of Strista, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent. I am doing well. Uh, we have had a lot of rain in San Antonio. It's getting pretty humid, so we are in the uh, summer months uh, already here in Texas. Oof, that is not fun. I hope you're not inviting me out there for one of those summer months, but I usually, it's usually one of them. You know, you have, you know, myself come out and the rest of the team, but oh, am I dreading it. The rain is a good thing. The rain is uh, cooling it, you know, maybe a degree. So that's not bad, but how's everything else out there? It's good. I mean, it's uh, it interferes with my tennis career, but otherwise, uh, rain is rain is good. Uh, it helps me with my afternoon naps on the weekends. That's for sure. <laughs> you know what I get asked a lot, AJ, as I am at these conferences. They're like, "Is AJ really play tennis? Is he good in tennis?" And maybe just people they don't think that you're good in tennis. I'm like, look, <laughs> do I like giving him credit because uh, all the time? But yes, he is good in tennis. I've seen it myself. And yes, he is good in tennis. You should uh, play him one time. I'm glad they're not asking you about ping pong because your answer might be slightly different on that. Yeah, he's not that good. He is good in ping pong, but the day I played him, he was not, ladies and gentlemen. And boy, (laughs) is he still holding a grudge four years later. 
So yeah, I just I just passed my fourth year here, AJ. Fourth year at Starista. Known you for 13 years. It feels like it's I feel like I've been here 13 years in a good way. In a good way, people. But yeah, just celebrated the four-year anniversary. I believe uh, we will be celebrating your fourth anniversary uh, with a ping pong match this December. Nice. That's it. The rematch. I'm going to train. I, that was untrained and I beat you. So if I start training, forget it. You know, you would never do it because if you lose again, it's uh, it's not good. <laughs> if I win, oh, you can be yeah. sure I'm practicing uh, two hours a day. Yep. Just for that moment. That was about four Christmases ago, people, that that, that happened. <laughs> But AJ, we got to, yeah, we're going to be hanging out, uh, you know, soon you're coming into New York. We're going to a conference that is honoring Starista. So that is going to be great, but let's get into great. I am so, so excited about this episode for a variety of reasons, ladies and gentlemen. One, our guest, she's awesome. Two, the company, Rico, right? You've heard of them. We haven't had. I would. I'm so you know uh, excited to get her take uh, on that industry and that field. It's an industry we have not talked about in over 140 plus episodes of the Marketing Stir. So please, ladies and gentlemen, a warm welcome to my Northeast friend, ladies and gentlemen, Lauren Salada. She is the Chief Marketing Officer of Rico North America. Warm welcome. What's going on, Lauren? Hello, everyone. Hi, Vincent. Hi, AJ. Nice to see you. It's great to see you. Great to talk to you again, Lauren. I'll never forget that name. That is my wife's name and Salada. I love it. You know, it's uh, the, the name We're we're, uh, you know, we're friends already. That's that's always a great start yeah. when, you know, you meet people. You're like, this is my friend already. already. Doesn't always happen. Right. Lauren, yeah. it's, gr it's great to see you. Great to hear from you. Lauren, get right into it. So people have heard of Rico, obviously, but you know, talk to us about your specific role, the company, uh, your chief marketing officer of Rico North America. Talk to me about that, some of your day-to-day. -day. We'd love to learn more. Sure, thanks so much. So Rico is a digital services company that innovates around information management. So things like connecting, securing, managing, unlocking insight from unstructured data, things like that. Um, and what that, whether that information comes from a printed page or a digital file. So it's really the next evolution of what would have been a heritage business in printing, which has very quickly evolved into uh, a digital and digitalized business uh, provider. So the ultimate outcome though, what we, what we like to provide is um, more insight for our customers about their business and how they can uh, create more efficiency and, and more uh, value for their customers. And my role at, at Rico North America is chief marketing officer and responsible for, you know, all the things that you would imagine, brand, demand, communications, uh, MarTech and ops, uh, sales enablement and uh, portfolio across both the U.S. and Canada. That's, uh, that's a lot of responsibility there. Uh, Lauren, one of our staple questions, we have two of them. Uh, one of them is how one gets started in marketing because it's not always a direct path and if it is a direct path well that's unique based on all the people we've talked to so talk to us a little bit about how you got into just marketing to begin with absolutely so i was a comms and english double major uh, in undergrad and so uh, a little bit of a you know circuitous route to get to what was 
you know, my first job, believe it or not, at the Miss America organization as a PR coordinator, um, which led me to uh, getting eventually a job after that at an agency um, and, and having an account executive role. And working at the PR agency exposed me to different businesses and industries. And I really loved the strategy aspect of what I was doing. So I ended up, uh, after a couple of years of that, uh, segueing over to the client side, which at the time was a telecom and tech company, and I honestly never looked back. I've, I've been on the, the tech in tech companies my whole career. Lauren, tell us a little bit about some of the marketing strategies that you're utilizing right now. What's, what channels are working and what's not working for you? Yeah, absolutely. So one uh, really interesting uh, asset that we have to work with as, a, as an enterprise tech company is that we have an, a very strong installed base of customers um, up and down the, the, the pyramid, so to speak. So a lot of enterprise customers, but we also have a lot of SMB customers. And so one of the things that, uh, as I have joined the company uh, about a year and a half ago, we've been leveraging account-based marketing quite a bit. And so it's definitely a crawl, walk, run as we build out a center of excellence for account-based marketing. But so far, the work and the approach is resonating, whether it's one-to-one, one-to-few, or one-to-many activations. Um, it's a tremendous methodology uh, that, we, that I've used in other roles, um, but especially in a B2B company when we're pursuing industry-specific strategies and business growth. So, uh, so far, it's helped uh, both our sales and marketing teams focus on building relationships, driving revenue opportunities, and increasing our reputation as a digital services uh, trusted partner. Um, beyond that, though, if you go deeper and you look at the customer segmentation, you know, as I mentioned, we, we have sort of what we call the pyramid of you know, fewer customers at the top, at the enterprise level, uh, and then mid-market and SMB. Uh, we do have to contemplate you know, the persona, the journey, and then what tactic really resonates best depending on what we're trying to sell and market. Um, sometimes that looks like uh, paid social or paid content. Sometimes that's in-person events. Um, it really just depends on what we're trying to do, whether it's a product launch or you know, building some awareness that you know, full funnel will eventually lead to uh, lead gen and, and demand creation. Um, what's kind of, how does marketing fit into your larger organization at large? Because you guys are quite a large company. So how does, what role does marketing play? And then what departments are you find yourself working with most closely? Yeah, such a great question. Um, I was recruited here to really uh, rebuild marketing. Uh, the 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 team I I, I was uh, very fortunate to inherit, and and one that we've since added uh, team members and talent from outside the company is really oriented around product, right? Product centric company. Um, and the challenge and remit for me to, was to help our our CEO and the rest of the C suite orient us to be more of a customer centric company. So. Um, what you know? So directly, directly answering the question, uh, we have a very strong C-suite leadership team. We're highly aligned to the business strategy, but specifically, I work very closely, as an example, um, with our chief human resources officer. She and I and our uh, respective teams have worked over the last year to put together an employer brand value and an employee value proposition 
And all of that work has led to a, a recruitment marketing campaign that we've been seeing really incredible increases in our enga employee engagement scores, as just one example. Um, another example is uh, my partnership with all of our sales leaders. So we have different channels to market with sales. We have direct and indirect um, and working very closely with them to really outline what is our go-to-market strategy? Where do we need to place bets? What do our campaigns need to look like? And how does that drive to our business plan each year? So really getting, you know, one of the things that I always challenge my teams uh, is to really put their business hat on. You know, why are you doing that campaign? How does it drive the business? And um, it really is important that we do that as marketers, really understand the business objectives. And, and put another way, some people would say, you know, have a general manager mindset about what you're doing and really become part of what helps to grow, drive growth in the business. I, I love hearing that, Lauren. And, and especially our listeners will like hearing the fact that you as a CMO are constantly working closely with sales, right? That, that old, the age old battle, sales and marketing. So I'm glad you uh, touched on that. Let's talk about you. You've had a lot of experience in marketing. In what ways have you seen marketing change, develop? And in what ways has it kind of remained constant? I mean, hands down, technology has completely disrupted, not just marketing, pretty much every every uh, functional area in the business, but especially marketing. Um, I think it's required a whole different set of skills uh, in terms of being data-driven, uh, technology savvy. And as I just mentioned uh, a moment ago, I always expect my team to take ownership of their own knowledge and experience uh, with technology. So not to rely on others to help them explain it or even operate it for them. Um, and then, you know, some aspects have really not changed at all. You know, our, you know, when you ask the question or think about what is your why, you know, our, the why of marketing is always to bring in the, the voice of the customer and the outside in into the company. And surely that has remained uh, over time the one thing that's probably unchanged. How we, how we do that has certainly changed. And Lauren, have there been any pivotal moments or, or people in your in your career that helped you kind of get to where you are now? And, and what did that experience teach you about the marketing or business? Such a great question. And I think, you know, my story and I, and I feel so fortunate to have had this experience um, early in my career. I had a manager uh, who really uh, was was a a real coach mindset. You know, he he was uh, his avocation was coaching football, and um, really uh, was became a mentor over time. And so, one of the things that he brought to me at some point, uh, you know, in my marketing role, doing you know marketing things, and he said, you know, one of the things that will help you in your career is to really learn how to manage a P and L and to be client facing. And this was years ago, right? So, uh, you know, pre, pre digital, pre social, pre all of that. And I said, oh, you know, I'm not really interested in that. I, I like marketing. I'm just going to keep doing my thing over here. And he said, no, I, I really, I'd like to put you in this role just for, you know, a little while so you can really understand how to manage the PL, how to do client delivery, how to handle, you know, uh, client situations. And um, I did it. I said, okay, fine. 
did that for about two years under his, you know, uh, mentorship. And uh, really, I cannot say there's just are no words to describe how impactful and important that was to my career trajectory. So when we talk about marketers, you know, having, you know, at any level of the organization, certainly the CMO, having the mindset of a general manager, I mean, that, that moment and that uh, mission that he had in mind for me put me on a path to really understanding why marketing is important and not just as a support function, but really setting the stage for me to drive it as a profession of growth. And um, I did eventually spin back into marketing. And I think after that went into a strategy role and eventually back into some more leadership roles, but it really gave me a great understanding of the business, why we do what we do to drive growth and, and retention in our customer base. And, and it was a very pivotal moment for me. And I, I've always brought that forward. Anybody that I'm mentoring, uh, my own team, my leaders, uh, their leaders, my skip levels, it's very important to understand what the role of marketing can do. And especially now when you add in all of the change with technology, it's becoming more and more important that people have, you know, sort of that T-shaped uh, marketer where they're not just two miles deep in their particular discipline area, but they're a mile wide and they really understand the enterprise and the business of the enterprise. Well, that's a great uh, and very comprehensive answer. Thanks for sharing. Um, now, you mentioned you've been you've been brought in to rebuild the team. Uh, would love to just understand what your general philosophy is on uh, management outside of marketing, per se. Absolutely. So at, at Brico, we have um, something that's called the culture of excellence, and it's really a collection of behaviors that we hold ourselves and each other accountable. Things like aspirational mindset, uh, root cause analysis, data-driven analysis, and there are some attributes like open-mindedness and inclusiveness, uh, adaptability and being future-focused. And we have uh, rolled this out. It's, it's a, a program and we have playbooks and training and KPIs around this as a leadership team. Um, and we also have a very open culture where our CEO is on the front lines uh, with our frontline employees, as, as well as, you know, doing things like coffee with the CEO on a regular basis. So all of these things have created a culture that really supports the idea of servant leadership. And I, I really try to replicate all of those things and, and walk that, that walk every day with my team. So one of the things that was very important to me uh, when I took this role is, as I mentioned earlier, sort of putting marketing back together, right? And, and, and also transitioning it from a product-centric, uh, product launch uh, team to more of a customer-centric, um, um, customer-focused team. And so one of the ways uh, tactically that, I, that I've done that uh, is build what I call a community of practice um, within marketing. So I don't, I don't have what I call an all-hands call it's actually a community and we've built over the last year and a half or so a monthly meeting of our community and we leverage all the tools that we have available to us things you know in teams and chat and things like that um, and we've all and we really encourage people to speak up and have it to be interactive we focus on a culture of recognition and a culture of collaboration and that has really really helped bring uh, about 400 people together between the US and Canada as an integrated North American marketing team. Lauren, uh, the dynamics of the workplace are obviously changing with a lot of people 
working from home and some people are doing it kind of in a hybrid way. So what techniques have you guys used uh, when it comes to sort of the uh, work from home culture uh, and how do you keep the morale and engagement levels up? Right, super important. So um, we, you know, this community of practice we, we have uh, in place every month, but then we also take it on the road. So uh, my team is scattered all over. There's no one central hub of employees. Um, I personally uh, travel to the to the hubs to to spend time with the teams, but I also encourage the most senior person that's in that that geographic location to whether the employees are marketing or not, uh, set up social activities, uh, create connections with people uh, both within our organization and outside of our organization, and really just uh, place a great focus on increased communication. Uh, one of the things that uh, we do is uh, like a marketing insight. It's called the Marketing Brief Internal Newsletter that really helps keep our uh, entire marketing community of practice connected on what's happening, what's new, uh, what success uh, points can be shared, et cetera, so that all of those folks, no matter where they sit geographically, feel connected into a, a greater uh, community and team of people. And, you know, Lauren, I want to get back to some, some of the marketing there. Rico, North America, you have a wide variety of clients, right? Different sizes. You think about, you know, what, what you do, it, it definitely varies. So how do you kind of adapt your marketing to that? Are there different tactics that you utilize for, uh, to account for that? Absolutely. So one of the things, um, as I mentioned, uh, we, we have you know, the segmentation that we've built for our customer base um, kind of looks like a pyramid, right? So at the top of the pyramid, we have um, enterprise customers that are some of the large F100 you know, companies that you would think of um, buying uh, you know, enterprise-wide solutions. And in those cases, we have uh, a bespoke dedicated sales team and bespoke dedicated ver vertical marketing team uh, that really works on account-based marketing, right? Executive engagement tactics, innovation discussions, things like that. As you as you move down the pyramid, we have more, you know, in the mid-market and an SMB, uh, much smaller customers, um, and really depending on what it what part of the portfolio uh, we're selling or marketing, we have you know a lot of uh, field force, you know, salespeople in the field. But one of the things that we we are in the process of doing is a, a, a project around digital customer engagement. So how do we make self-service a reality for some of our smallest customers and how do we enable them to serve themselves, right? So how can they renew their contract online, perhaps present them with another offer for other services? And so we're working on building that out right now. And we would use you know, some of the, the communication tactics that you would imagine through email marketing, um, driving um, activity also through paid search on certain parts of our portfolio, um, et cetera. So, you know, it really does range depending on what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, no, definitely does. Thanks for breaking down some of those tactics. Lauren, I want to talk to you about something that makes me smile because it, it's something that I know you're passionate about, Rico is passionate about, and I don't think anyone's ever mentioned it on one of our podcasts. It's like, Rico has a notably high acceptance rate for candidates. 
who are, who are looking for jobs. That's, a, that's amazing. Like what elements do you think of Rico's culture is attracting these applicants? And, and how's that culture kind of seen in Rico's day to day? Yeah, I mean, I think in a word, it's about inclusiveness. Um, our culture is one of um, inclusivity. It's one of open-mindedness. I think that that comes across in our uh, talent experience and how we treat our candidates through that process. Um, we also have, as I mentioned, the culture of excellence, which has uh, you know attributes for behaviors that we hold ourselves accountable and others. Um, and we walk that walk all the time. We have uh, different, uh, what we call um, uh, the Rico Way groups, right? And so we have employees that get together and they champion different projects, whether it's around innovation or community involvement or DE&I. And all of those things kind of float to the surface when we're you know, interviewing candidates and, and presenting ourselves online and helping to show what it's actually like to be part of the RICO culture. And one of the things that we did, um, which is, uh, I think, driving that, um, that high rate of acceptance is not only that, that very close planning on the, app, the, the talent applicant experience, but also featuring our own employees. You know, if you look at some of the creative assets that we have in market, those are some of the, those are our employees. We, we uh, did photography uh, of them uh, across the country. Um, we're, we're doing another round, but we featured them and we let them tell their story about why they uh, love working at RICO so much. So I think all of those things taken together is uh, our, you know, the reason for our success with the with that level of acceptance rate. Well, and this is a fun one and one of the staple questions we ask all of our guests. Uh, I'm sure with your job title, you get a lot of unsolicited LinkedIn messages. So we'd love to know what's one that gets your attention and what's one that really annoys you. I think uh, the answer is the same. I think it's relevancy and it's, you know, both sides of the coin. Um, you know, I, I think getting my name and company correct on the first go probably matters a little bit. <laughs> and uh, the offer itself, you know, does it, does it relate to, to my remit? Am I the correct persona for the offer? Does the offer even, uh, you know, even support an enterprise company? So some of those basics sometimes seem a little elusive with with some of the mail that I get. But by the same token, on the other side of that coin, when those things are cared for and thought about, and then it's a home run. So I think it's just maybe doing the the homework to make sure the alignment is there, and it's the you know the old adage of the right message at the right time for the right person. And Lauren, a lot of our viewers are young marketing professionals that are starting out or early stage of their career. So what lessons uh, do you have to share of, about things that you wish you knew when you were first starting out? Well, certainly that, that change is constant and uh, don't feel that, um, you know, even, even if you're in a role that you don't particularly care for, there's always something that you can learn while you're there. Um, and that change is constant, right? So um, putting the time in, you know, putting the work in, building out your network, uh, taking risks that are, that are calculated good risks in your career, uh, speaking up, you know, for yourself uh, in, in uh, the process of looking for roles and, and advocating for yourself when you're in a role. Um, and then putting your business hat on, you know, know the business like a general manager. 
um, build uh, talent around you, build connections inside the organization. Um, and, and know your numbers and have a long game if you're in leadership, you know, have a long game and really uh, plan out, you know, what you what you'd like the, the direction that you would like your career to go and it doesn't always go in that straight line but certainly have a have a vision uh, for that. Great, great advice. Lauren, talk to us before I, you know, we get into our kind of our personal side of the podcast and get to know you a little bit better. Uh, you know, another question about, you know, Rico North America. How do you, in your words, feel that you know, Rico separates itself from its competitors and how it's different from some other companies that you might have worked for? Yeah, I mean, I think the focus on innovation here is just unparalleled, along with the focus on the customer. Um, interestingly, as a product-led company for, for many years, uh, Rico has had a very unique focus on the customer. Um, we have a lot of frontline employees in our managed services business, for example, that sit off-site, you know, inside the customer organization. And that position has really earned us a level of trust inside the customer organizations and has allowed us to build relationships inside the customer organization in a way that I, I don't believe our competitors have had uh, the opportunity to do. So what we call our last mile has really afforded us an opportunity um, and, and certainly differentiation in that regard. And I think back to the innovation question, you know, we, we, we are constantly innovating through our digital services center. We have a co-innovation process and pipeline that we work on every day. So um, we have a, what we call sense, innovate and adapt mantra, and it's a, a little bit of an operating model around how we sit with customers or sense, um, and then we adapt what we're doing. So it's this constant refreshing of because of that change and because change is so constant, constantly looking at you know where we have insights in the market and our customer base and moving that that information and insight into the business so that we can make good decisions. So I think you know that that is what distinguishes us as well as you know our total commitment to employees as well. Yeah, and and that acceptance rate, you know, that that's always great to hear. Like I said before, it made me smile because, you know, it's it's something that I know you're passionate about, and uh, it's great to hear. It is great to hear. So, Lauren, let's get to know you personally, right? You are uh, up in the Northeast, there near outside of the Philly area. Are you a Philadelphia sports fan? I don't know. If I, that, am. That's, oh, I that's, am. I am. I am. I knew it was too good to be true. I, <laughs> you're still my friend, though. I was like, oh no. <laughs> We can still be friends. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's so. What do you like to do for fun in uh, in in your spare time there? Um, you know, talk to us about some of the hobbies that you have. Sure. That thanks for for the for the question. So a, a fun fact right now is that I'm actually a part time roadie slash publicist slash webmaster for my son's band, and um, he's uh, he's part of a foursome that uh, you know these kids objectively speaking are, are pretty talented so on the weekends uh, we take we take it on the road and we've been enjoying spending a lot of time on on that project on that pet project so um super you know super excited that they've been together for about uh 8 months and so uh you know all of the the eight parents involved are you know working uh side hustles to to get them off the ground that's awesome. What's the name of the band? Let the marketing stir people here. Yeah. What's the, what's the name? Awesome. It's Sunrise Cries and uh, they're at sunrisecriesmusic.com and uh, you can check them out and they've uh, been playing around 
the tri-state area. In fact, we were just in Brooklyn last weekend for the Fifth Avenue Fair. Oh. Lots, lots of fun stuff. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a good mom. That's a, that's a, <laughs> a webmaster. That's amazing. You know, and, and when you're not doing that, Lauren, you know, what, what do you like to enjoy? Oh, I, I love to I love to read. I love to do some photography, you know, work out, uh, relax, uh, just spend time with my family. So uh, that that's amazing. That's another first like, you know, uh, the band uh, that, that's I love hearing that. Yeah. That's uh, that's so that's so awesome. Lauren, some anything you want to share parting words with our amazing listeners, uh, you know, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I just, you know, it's been a great opportunity to chat with you both. And uh, certainly, you know, the world is constantly changing every day. There's many generations in the workplace. Everyone has some value. And I think, you know, the idea of building those connections and relationships up and down and across the organization are really what, you know, ultimately leads to success. Um, and really uh, just, you know, get out there and, and make your, make your uh, aspiration come true. I, I love it. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. My new Philadelphia friend, Lauren Salata, ladies and gentlemen, she's the chief marketing officer at Rico North America. That's Lauren. I, of course, am Vincent. That's AJ. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.